It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Hopefully my mic is better today. Uh, please let me know if we're all good. Uh, but we are back. The TAT pod is back. And also, as Georgie says, straight off the bat, off the bat, the real Liverpool is back. We will get on to that comment in just a little while. But first of all, let me introduce to you this lovely panel. We've got Elliot, the regular. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. If you hear a budgie in the background, I'm house-sitting, so that can be blamed. <laughs> Not on me, <laughs> just in case you hear it in the background. But apart from that, we're, we're flying. Yeah, it's good to have you back, mate. And uh, Mike? You need, you yeah, need no introduction, mate. <laughs> yeah, mate, at this point, lad, it's just it's me and you every every other day, isn't it? Off and on, but I'm all good, brother. I'm all good. We love it. We absolutely love it. But first of all, guys, before we do get into the pod, please make sure you smash the like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And I need to do something real quick. Uh, I showed these cards in the last podcast we did. I'm going to show you them again. Our sponsor, Your Foot Card, has sent me these lovely cards which you can get using the website the link in the description um like i said in the last one this rating is a bit off from trent because this was made before the official announcement but you can go get the actual trent card now and we've also got the king himself kenny dalglish and also the most salah um it's like metallic on the back and on the front it's like a solid sort of poster thing i don't know what the specific name is for that but yeah use tat pod in the um discount code section thing when you get to check out and uh, you get yourself 15 percent off any order um boys what a game that was then as curtis jones once said i can't remember who that was against was it everton i can't remember um, I that, yeah. but let's get straight into it let's get into the lineup let's see what we liked about the lineup and potentially what we didn't like about the lineup uh, gonna come to you, Ali. I've heard Mike uh, waffle on a lot of the last <laughs> few weeks, so um, let's go. <laughs> let's go to you, Ali. What What did you think when you saw that lineup? I'll I'll, I'll tell you what I thought in just a moment, but I want to hear your thoughts um, first. Like slightly disappointed, but like I, I was expected because of the South American lads. But then, I mean, the excuse for McAllister starting was a bit like you know why, considering he was just in Bolivia in the highest altitude game in world football or whatever it was. 
Uh, so a bit weird, and I think that's showed in the first half. But apart from that, lovely to see Quanta playing because I think he's a real player there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't really argue because of the internationals. If if we were another weekend and I was seeing that from three, I would have been disappointed. Yeah, agreed. Mike, would you say because we we did the predicted lineup, and to be fair, I'm not. I don't think this is too far off it. Um, obviously, I think we thought Canate might have been back because he was in training. That obviously didn't happen. Um, I think I predicted Endo to play. I can't remember, but I think we got the front three spot on. Um, mm. So, yeah, what did you think about this starting lineup? Was you confident when you saw it? I think I, I made the point in the in the in the last pod was it was pace. I was wondering when because I put that front three up and I said said the one thing we don't really have is pace. And uh, yeah. although obviously off Salah, I think that kind of showed in the first half. I was a little bit worried when I seen that. Um, more so about McAllister uh, than anything. Although it's obviously great to see him, like was just said there, just playing the highest altitude game of football. Like he's not just going to be able to walk into it. But saying that, for the most part, with the way that these players performed on international duty as well, like Gakpo getting a couple goals, I thought you know they'll come in high on confidence. So I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried. But like uh, Elliot said, that wouldn't be my go-to front three when everyone's fit. I completely agree. And when I saw the lineup, obviously, I've, I've said this so many times in the past, I've never been one to write off a game or think we're going to lose or anything like that. Obviously, um, I, I said on the preview show, if you guys watched it, that this is going to be a tougher game than people think. And people looked at the table and people just thought, oh, this is going to be an easy game. It's it's Wolves away when we've got one of our first choice defenders in the lineup. Um, the midfield is a bit makeshift again. And like you say, the the forwards that we'd have preferred to start, we're not ready to start. So I was expecting that if we were going to win, it would be 2-1. That's what I predicted. Um, and it was very nearly right, apart from, you know, at the end, we obviously got the third goal um, off the back of Bueno, I think it was. Not Kinder Bueno. Um, I don't know what his name is, actually. What's his first Hugo. name? Hugo, is it? Yes, yeah, Hugo. Um, so... Yeah, I was ex- the game that we saw today is exactly how I sort of expected it to go. I would say I didn't expect the first half to be bad, that bad, sorry. I expected no. it to be tough and I expected it to be a battle, but Elliot, I didn't expect it to be anywhere near as bad as it was. No, not at all. I mean, I, I said it at the time, I think everyone kind of looks at the Wolves away game as maybe a bit of a bogey fixture, even though last season was the only time they've beaten Liverpool since I think the commentator said 1981 or something in the top division, so... Um, yeah, I was I was nervous in terms of to see how they how they get on, and I think that was everyone had the right to be because they were they were not at the races at all. It was one of them. Mm-hmm. Where not the races, maybe the first fifteen you can get get away with that, even if they are one goal down, and then just get your foot on the ball. But even when they did do that, it was twenty minutes in, you know, a little bit of possession. They did not create the passion man. The back was poor. Every single one of the midfielders gave the ball away. Joe's <laughs> non-existent. Gappa was non-existent. So it was one of them where you just sat there thinking, well, this could look like a write-off 20, 25 minutes in already. But you know. It, I think the, they probably would have wanted the first half to carry on because they got the first opportunities in the game when it was coming up to half-time. But thank God half-time did come along because the changes that were necessarily were made. Exactly. And we'll get onto that in uh, just a little while. But Mike, coming to you, Georgie says, Maka was not himself. Hope he's back at his level the next game. Was it the wrong call to, to start McAllister today, do you think? I, th- I think hindsight's a wonderful thing. But uh, yeah. I do also think, I, I do think we all coming into the game Although a lot of us said, yeah, Endo can go. If McAllister was ready by our medical team, like if they authorised it, he's good to go. We would have chosen him as well. Um, I think him and Sabasly were two of the worst players on the pitch first 45 minutes. 
And I, I know that that might not be the most popular thing to say, but we know the levels that they can both play to. Uh, I think, you know, McAllister had a fair excuse with the traveling. He doesn't choose to be in the lineup. You know, it's not a decision he makes, whether he's started or not. I was really disappointed in, in Sabasly's performance first off. He was brilliant second off, but first off, I think him, Matip, Gakpo, Jota were is the worst I've seen all of them play. Yeah, I, I completely agree with the the, the midfield thing, I, particularly McAllister. Um, like you say, we're not going to dig him out too much, obviously, because obviously he's just come back from the international break. He played both games, I yep. think, for Argentina. He's still new in the team as well, let's not forget. Um, but it was just the simple things that he normally does very well, like you say, which he was just struggling to do today. Um, it just seemed like every time he got on the ball, he was he was giving it away and dangerous areas as well. There was one moment yep. where he gave the ball away and Sabozlai had to track all the way back from the halfway line. And then to, to McAllister's credit, I think he actually puts in the tackle once we'd sort of regrouped a bit. But yeah, it was very, very weird in the first half um, from the midfield. But like you say, the, the necessary changes were made and we'll get onto that in just a little moment. Shigs is in the building, uh, newly wedded, by the way. So everybody say congratulations. To oh, no, congratulations, wow, boy. <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to say that, Shigs, but um, it's out there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, first half. Yeah, everyone's four, tuning six, out now, Ben. Everyone um, thought he was single. That's the only reason they tuned in. There <laughs> uh, <laughs> we go. Uh, but yeah, no, um, the goal comes in seven minutes and it was coming, weren't it, Mike? I mean, um, Pedro Neto, I don't want to keep going on about the preview show, but I was saying how scary mm. that guy is. You know, he is an absolute menace and the way he just danced for our defenders and then put one in at the back post, it's pretty much exactly what we saw last season really, isn't it to be fair? Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, Klopp made a very good point. You know, Gomez was not meant to be that isolated with Neto at any point in the game, but it all happened. All first half was just being isolated up against him. I think Neto is obviously a wonderful player and don't get me wrong. It was a great run. It was a great ball, but our three of the four defenders in our back four were at, were at fault for that goal. Uh, talk about no pressure from you know McAllister or Sabasly on that side. Gomez way too easy to go past. Matip way too easy to drift past. I don't blame Robertson in that situation. I think you know he's blindsided. He he doesn't see the player kind of thing. You know what I mean? Coming in behind. He should deal with it though, in my opinion. He should, he should, but the amount of mistakes leading up to that moment, yeah, yeah, he was, he was always on the back foot, you know what I mean? He was always on the back foot in that position. If he defends it, it's brilliant, but it's not necessarily the expectation. Whereas the expectation yeah, is that he should never have made it through, you Can know what I, I mean? Ask but, a question which may be a crazy question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Is Allison could Allison have done better with that? I, I think he should I'd have to see it again. I feel but, like he. He dilly dallies a little bit with his with his feet, with his footwork. Yeah. I think we've been hypercritical, maybe, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. At the time, just you know, when, when you're thinking in the second, I thought Alison Allen still dealed it, and then it just like kind of seeped under his body a little bit. I was disappointed to see the ball go in, but I wouldn't say. It. I think, as Mike said, the, the first initial point should be just three players around there. So yeah, yeah, of course. And when Allison saved us in those situations, time and time again, you know, the one time where it might just go under him or whatever happened, you know, you can't mm. really. Blaming too much. I, I think you're right. I think it should have been stopped. I think Matip is way too passive, um, which is something we've seen a lot. And look, Matip, you know, there was a time where him and Virgil were an incredible partnership. And I know Virgil obviously wasn't there today, but I think especially in the last 18 months, it's evidently clear um, this is probably going to be the last season of Joel Matip and we're just going to have to try and make do with him. He's just, for me, he's still a good player, but he's just not at the, the, the level in terms of his pace and 
how he just used to read the game, to be fair. I just remember Matip used to be one of the most clever players and the, the fact that he didn't have pace didn't really affect him because he had it all up here. Like, he was so intelligent. Yeah. He knew where he needed to be. He knew what he needed to do. But I will go back and say, just as I said before in the preview, any single time we play a football match without Virgil van Dijk, no matter how you know poor he might have been last season, I'm still not confident because I don't trust... Um, a, another sort of group of defenders at centre back in this squad. If if Virgil was in there, if that makes sense. So for me, it, it it begs the question that we were all asking in the summer: where was the centre back? Nobody knows. But there has been a, a lot of praise in here, Mike, um, for Jurel Quanza. Um, Sheikh says Quanza was very good, and um, Georgie also says if Quanza keeps playing like this, Matip is the fifth choice centre back. Do you agree with that? I'd like to say I'd love to know Elliot's opinion on this. It's still early. I'd love to know Elliot's opinion on this. But no, I've got I've got an opinion. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) But before 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 he gives his opinion, no, listen. For me, because when we go through the teams often or we talk football, Elliot, I know you're you've got you've got a very rich understanding of our history with centre backs, right? I don't think you know. <laughs> no, listen, you're, you're a little history club. We, I remember you. All right, the draft but, video. Yeah. <laughs> the draft video, mate. Um, but when you when you think of Liverpool, a genuine thing, you, you think of Liverpool as a team. I don't really think we've ever, except for, except for the one season where you know Canate, Gomez, you know Van Dijk, and and Matip were all on song. Even then, Gomez obviously still wasn't fully. We've never really had four centre backs where I felt comfortable playing like being whichever plays plays. I think with Kwanzaa, He's got a lot of potential, and I've seen. I think Sam uh, Samuel uh, LFC Samuel made the point under a might have been a Paul Joyce tweet or whatever, saying maybe this is the reason why we weren't necessarily rushing to the market because he performed very well in preseason. You mm-hmm. know, you've got to make sure that the player, the the fifth choice, fourth choice centre back, is someone who's comfortable not playing regularly and will take their chance when they play. Um, which he will, and you know, when he's not in the, in and around the squad for us, he can play for the under twenty ones. I think he does kind of fit what we were looking for in the market. So I'm comfortable with him continuing playing, becoming fourth choice centre back, making these little cameos where we need to see out games. He'll you know, go three at the back, whatever we need to do. Um, I'm not he sure. Starts on Thursday, 100. Starts has on to. Thursday. Yeah. Has to start. Yeah, give Gomez a rest if we can as well. But what do you think, Elliot? And I, I I agree because I think I remember watching him. I think it was the under nineteen either World Cup or European Championships. He scored in the semi final against Italy for England. And I remember mm-hmm. watching him then, and I, I thought there's there's a player there that you can't dominate a game a semi final with all your biggest talents in that age group and not be good. Uh, whether whether I thought throwing him in against Newcastle a bit of a risk, but he shined through that. And I think. I do think maybe they put a defender on the back burner because of him. But like mm. it's too big of a risk to say that's the only reason. I still think they must assume Matip's still got quality in him. I think Matip has, but not against the transitional team like Wolves are trying to do today. Um, but I think the Europa League is always there for him to get so much more game time. He got sent out on loan last season, the Bristol Rovers, get the experience. Maybe it's all in the planning. And I think they probably they don't want to save themselves money because they've got to sign another centre half either way. Because Gomez maybe not be good enough if he needs to carry on the consistent we've seen the last couple of games. But they could they could save themselves a good bit of money there because he looks quality. I mean, there was a couple of times where maybe you know the naivety got the best of him when you know he just boots it out, but it's better to be safe. And so there's not wrong, no wrong decision room today. And in that first half, he was the only one who looked good, and that says a lot considering mm-hmm. back five is so so much experience there. 
100% agree with everything you guys have both just said. Um, I think he's he's definitely going to play in the in the cups and the Europa League. I think that's his spot 100%. Um, yeah, it's interesting because obviously we didn't get a centre back. Everybody knew we needed a centre back, but I can't help but think it. You know, window by window, and I don't want to make this a transfer podcast again, but we will just touch yeah. on this briefly. Um, we we did it with the attackers and we did it with the midfield. I can't help but think next season will be the, the time where we, okay, right, let's look at the defence now and address that. So I know people won't like to hear this, but just a sort of like a, not a stopgap, but just sort of, okay, let's get one more season out of these guys um, and then we'll address it fully next summer. And if that means that next summer we get some really good, um, young, top quality centre-backs, like when we signed Canate, then I'm all for it. Like, you know, if we get another top quality left-back that can push Robertson and eventually go on to take his place, so be it. Um, but Kwanzaa for me is, um, I, I still need to see more of him before we, we make these like big claims about him because I'm, I'm not really seeing him be tested as much as I'd have liked, like 1v1 sort of things. Um, so hopefully, uh, this sounds mad wanting people to <laughs> go against yeah. our centre-backs, but hopefully I do see more of that because I want to see what he's like. You know, when when a tricky player is coming at him, like, does he have that, you know, um, aggressiveness? Can he go make his tackles? Or is he just good on the ball? Or is he both? The not, to make a, not to make it not to make it a transfer podcast, like you said, Ben, yeah. but a question for you. Question for you. If next season is the summer, is the summer we sell Salah, right? Mm. Do you think we could see a Coutinho kind of thing where we get 120 mil for a player and then use that money to go and strengthen the areas that we need and then transform the team that way? Yeah, hundred um, percent. If you, if we sell Mo Salah, the, the, there is no, there is no right winger in the world that can come in and make those numbers at right wing. So what do you mm. do? You use sixty of it on um, another forward and sixty on the centre back. For me, that's the obvious way to go about it. But yeah, yeah. Um, we'll address that one when we get to it. Let's go to the second half. Um, which one of you guys spoke about the first goal first? Just go to Elliot. Go to Elliot. Yeah, let's go. Um, half-time change. In fact, we're not even going to talk about the goal yet. We're going to talk about the change, mate. Like you said, I think it was you at the start. You know, the changes were made when they needed to. And I have to give Klopp a lot of credit this season because I think there was a lot of harsh criticism. Criticism is deserved at times, but I think there was a lot of people going overboard with it, you know, about his in-game management and, you know, that he's not a tactician and all of this nonsense, even though it's mad that he's won every single trophy there is, but he's not a tactician. Um, but again, today, mate, we needed to make the changes. He took off Alexis McAllister, brought on Luis Diaz, and immediately, as soon as that one sub was made, it's a completely different Liverpool side. Yeah, it's it's absolutely completely different. I mean, it's important that you know the manager can clock on to what's happening. It was because I was, to be honest, I was surprised that McAllister went off for an attacker, considering mm-hmm. like you know it's not like for like, but it was important that he did because it, it shows that Klopp is watching the same game as us and he's watching it in a much more you know better quality than us because we would not be able to do anything he's done in the past couple mm-hmm. of years. So everyone criticizes him should really take a step back because like some of the things I've seen over the last few weeks have been mental. But I uh, got it right. It'd be nice to get it right from the start. But um, I think the system change is probably what I'd like to see going for because it was almost like for the fair, as soon as Diaz came on, it was like a four, two, three, one pushing it, and then the, the next change is really get onto it and change into a four, four, two almost. I think he's got to probably use them and systems to be honest going forward because that inverted full inverted fullback with Gomez, no, never, 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 oh, never no. in a million years. Gomez was that was so unfair on Gomez because he's still having to defend the wide areas with Nessa running havoc, then coming in on the ball, which he's not really good at. 
So it was a bit harsh on Gomez. I think the, even the inverted system with Trent is still hit and miss. So I'd like to see this 4 2 3 1 of sorts, which we saw for only a little bit, but we got the first goal from it. But then the, the, the second system with Elliot really, you know, dominating the right side were helping. We've seen it even in centrally. He's looked really good so far this season. So I think a little 4 4 2 and you get the best out of the attackers. You've got Sal in a more central position. I think it really, really worked in that second half. And I think it should be something like maybe even Europa League, you test it out and see if it can go from the beginning. Because I was really, it was really exciting, especially Diaz dominating the left hand side. Absolutely. And Mike, what, what, what's your opinion on the change, mate? Like Elliot said, as soon as we've seen that Luis Diaz was coming on and it was a midfielder that was sort of going off to make way for him, was you confident that, you know, this would bring out more going forward? Or was you also apprehensive that, okay, We've seen Wang, we've seen Neto, uh, we've seen Cunha cause us problems in the first half. What if this problem yeah. persists? Because it could, like, well, you know, it's, they it's could a fair point. Mm. Yeah, well, I, th- I think, you know, it's a, a very fair point of what you made earlier as well. It's like what Klopp's shown this season is the ability and moments to, as I said, make the, make the decisions that I think he hasn't made maybe last season where he'd be a bit tentative. He'd give players another 15 minutes, he'd stick with the same system, which is where the criticisms would stem from, you know. Uh, but, you know, chopping block at half-time, McAllister rightfully came off. It's not down to an attitude issue. It was just down to the fact that he just didn't have the legs and he probably shouldn't have started. Yeah. Seeing Diaz came uh, come on, I was originally worried that we were going to see Gakpo playing the three in midfield. Yeah, and so we were going to see Jones in the six. So first thing I noticed, which I was very happy with, was we were playing Sabasly and Jones as a pivot. And what that allowed, and what that allowed was Robertson to play his more natural role. Of an overlap, yeah. you know, it added this width that we haven't really played with too much this season. We did do it uh, against Bournemouth as well, with uh, Trent turning Trent back to sort of like standard what he was, sort of out wide, fullbacks wide. That's where your width's coming from. Also, the interchange between Diaz and uh, when Nunes came on, Diaz and Nunes were swapping, Jota and Salah were swapping. Nunes. Every single one of it was either your right winger, your right forward, constantly rotating, left wing, left forward, rotating. Just allowed for this freedom of movement. Sobersly played the box to box role phenomenally well in the second half. He was apps, his heat map was honestly, it was outrageous. Um, and yeah, it just it transformed how we played and we looked like ourselves again, which was much, uh, you know, much needed. No, absolutely. I, I completely agree. With that, um, it like I say, it all comes down to Klopp for me. And like Alex says, yeah, it would have been nice to have got it right from the start. But I think this season, especially now, that's three out of five games where we've gone a goal down and we've had to make changes. And the changes have come and we've got back in the game and we've come away with the three points. And if you flip that to last season, we go to Wolves, it's a tricky game. We get absolutely battered. You know, we, if, yeah. if we went to, to Newcastle United in those circumstances last season, again, we would have got battered. So... The, the the positives are there for me, you know. I, obviously, there's there's two ways you can look at this game. Um, some people will say we got away with one today. We didn't because in the second half they didn't have a sniff. We absolutely battered them. Um, but I'm just like Elliot says. I, I'm buzzing that Klopp is seeing you know these issues. And I think before the criticism that he he waits too long in games has been valid. You know, sometimes you've been wanting to make subs. 55th, 60th minute, but he's waiting until the 75th. And that's just probably because he trusted the guys that were playing. But now it seems like he's being more ruthless. And as soon as the player's not pulling their weight, okay, that's fine. We've got options on the bench now. We've actually got very good players here ready to come on and make a difference. We saw it again today. Luis Diaz, Darwin Nunes, Harvey Elliott, all three of them played tremendously well when they came on. Darwin Nunes, I was absolutely buzzing with, um, with when he came on, to be fair. But let's... Um, 
Let's talk about our equalising goal. And I'll come to you, Mike, because Ellie, mm. it's just, um, I think the animal was probably kicking off again that he's uh, looking after. Right. But uh, <laughs> what was it, a cat or a dog, Elliot? It's a dog, and then there's a bird yeah, which dog. like screams every two seconds. So, and it just wasn't <laughs> back in here, but then Ace was crying. Yeah, but, yeah, but... That's all good, bro. Uh, <laughs> but, Mike, the goal, it actually came from, so I was like carrying the ball forward, and then it somehow ended up. At Salah, and then that's definitely shot, is it? From Salah, it ends up at <laughs> no, you know what? No, me and my stepdad were debating this. I, oh, really? I, I think he crossed it. I think okay. the way he's hit yeah. it, I think he crossed it. Yeah, I think sure he crossed it. Yeah, I, I die yeah. on the hill, but in, I think really, listen, no, nah, it doesn't even matter. It's, it's an assist all the same. Uh, he got robbed of an assist, you know, to, uh, for the third goal anyway. So, mm. uh, but I, th- I think you know, it's Sabasai doing exactly the, the one thing our midfielders never try for the, in years gone by. He just ran. He just ran at the defence. He was like, right, let's try and make something happen. Flicked it in, uh, ends up his shot his feet. Really great technical ability from him. It was like a little bright moment for himself. Got the ball through to Salah. Salah, whether he crossed it or whether he shot, who knows. But it lands at the feet of Gakpo and he taps it in. And it was the, probably the one thing Gakpo and Jota both did in the game uh, that was positive. And it was also the main thing that happened. They got the ball in the back of the net. So... Yeah, was like, what, did, what did you think of the goal? I thought it was really well worked. Uh, it was, yeah. I'd say it was a glimpse of what's to come, I suppose. Absolutely. And I was just buzzing that Gakpo's got that feeling of being in those positions again and putting the ball in the back of the net because obviously yeah. we've spoken about him at the start of the season, sort of playing in a, a position which look, not any of us here want him to play. And that's no discredit mm-hmm. to him. He's just not a centre mid. Um, so to see him in those positions, scoring a goal to get us back in the game, um, he's obviously scored for Holland as well over the break. So he's got that feeling now scoring again. So it's good to have. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I love Gakpo. And I think obviously there was a bit of unfair criticism for him as well when he just came in. So I need to see him in those positions more. Does he get into our best front three at the minute? I don't know. But what I do know, Elliot, is it's healthy competition. Mm-hmm. And as long as Mo Salah's in that front three, anyone can come in for those other two spots and yeah. start a game. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's also nice to have the midfield competition as well because you looked at that bench and then you got the luxury of bringing on Gavin Pearce the last few minutes when the game's won. It was really nice. But uh, the front three is it's one of them, isn't it, where whoever doesn't play plays on Thursday would do probably. So yeah, it's a nice exactly. it's a nice option. I think Gapo, this, this, I really, really like him, but is there a need for the false nine kind of figure when you've got the creative midfielders behind them is what I would say. I don't really think there is. In terms of a game against a big team, maybe, but I think you just want to see Nunes absolutely run riot these days. I don't know what about you two. I think it's a sort of horses for courses kind of thing, isn't it? Like you say, sometimes you need that, you know, going against teams that are going to sit back and put everyone behind the ball. Maybe, you know, he'd be more used in that. But um, expansive teams like Wolves were today, to be fair, especially in the first half, they really came at us. I think Darwin Nunes would have feasted in that first half had we got it right. Obviously, in the, on reflection of how the first half panned out, probably not because he wouldn't have got the service. But in an ideal world, teams that come and attack us like, straight on the front foot, you know, I, that's the front three. I'd want Diaz, Nunes and Salah all day long. Um, I know what you're saying, but Mike, what do you think on that question that Elliot's asked about the is the need for, for the false nine? I think it's certain games. It's certain games. It's, I think we need to make sure we pick and choose the right game to play a false nine and pick and choose the right game to throw Nunes chaos involved. Mm. You know, uh, today I can understand playing the false nine. You know, the, we were talking in the build-up to uh, the game when we had uh, the guest on. 
you know, maybe having Gakpo playing in the false nine would be brilliant because he'll create the space or draw out the centre-backs as if they were playing the three at the back. And this will create space for, you know, people to go in behind. That was, that was the train of thought. Um, didn't work out like that. Uh, he didn't get near the ball. <laughs> uh, so it's you got to pick and choose your moments. I think when Nunes came on, he, he's just he's too good at the moment and causing too much consistent chaos to leave him out. Um, so I, I, I think he might, as of now, until he stumbles in his form himself, I think Nunes is going to be starting the Prem games from here on in, and you're going to see Gakpo uh, probably start Europa. I think the same goes for Jossa and Diaz as well. Um, but it's the beauty of it, because in pre-season when we were talking, pretty sure you might have even been on the on the show at the point, Elliot. Like In terms of our forwards, other than Salah, we put Diaz as almost like the, the fifth, sixth choice during preseason yeah. when yeah. all the speculation about him leaving was and Jota was scoring, Gakpo was scoring, and Gakpo was number one. We were like, yeah, Gakpo's got to start against Chelsea. Five games into the season, and now we're going, Nunes has to start. Well, so I think I was, I, was, uh, I was wanting Nunes, to be fair, but I know what you mean, because Gakpo, I thought yeah. he had to play the fighters, especially in Klopp's mind, I thought Gakpo's done enough in that running to basically prove he should be the one taking over the Firmino role, yeah. but there's there's an evolution of Klopp's tactics which we're seeing and I'm enjoying it. Um, so I, I think there's there's cause for everyone to start specific games as as we've just said really. So I don't think there's it's not like a concern. It's just like an intriguing thing to go into every game thinking who's going to start and that's a really positive thing because that means there's quality and depth yeah. there. So. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And look, after as soon as we got that goal, I was just confident again. I was absolutely adamant we were going to win this game obviously time's ticking by and it's not it's not exactly calm there were chances there was a Darwin Nunes chance there was other half chances but we we kept persisting we kept going with it we didn't get disheartened we didn't you know oh it's not going to be our day we just kept going and going and going and eventually Mike in the 85th minute I I was so happy when this man scored honestly he's I don't want to keep going on about people that are being treated by the, the the online fans, but he's being treated Robertson unfairly. gets so much stick. Like every single time we don't play well, it's always his fault. So to see him get that goal today, and I, I I'm I'm happy we got the third goal. But if that was the winning goal to go on and get the three points, I would have been right about my prediction. And Andy Robertson would have scored <laughs> the winning goal. So yeah, there's just explain that goal to me. How he's played the one-two with Salah, he's carried on his run into the box and the finish as well, the near post. It's like a proper number nine's finish, wasn't it? Yeah, listen, we've watched Robertson miss chance after chance for the last couple of years. Like, he has been in positions, easier positions to get goals and not converted. I think he put in a man of the match performance today. I think he put in a captain's performance today. I think, you know, we talk about Van Dijk having the captain's armband, right? For me, I have not seen Van Dyke put in a captain's performance yet at centre back. I think he's played very well. At really? I believe that. No, I know. I, I I thought that was a Van Dyke performance. A Van Dyke captain performance. I, I I stand different with. I think you've mm-hmm. got to you've got to pull out a moment. I'm not saying Van Dyke needs to be scoring winners by any means, but Robertson today throughout that entire second half and, and first half as well, but second half specifically, you're faultless every single time he was making the attack. He was making the attacks happen. He was just cons- oh Lila's in the chat, kick her out. Um, but it's the the goal itself comes from a very poor go- goal kick, a uh, goal kick. Sorry, yeah. a very poor clearance from Jose. We pressed Star. the keeper though, to be goal. fair. So I'm taking credit for that. I agree. I was coming on to that. I, I agree with sorry. that. I think that's no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, Ben. Yeah, don't worry. I was getting onto that. No, um, it was great from us there because again we were trying to stop that counter attack, slow it down. 
but Robertson's tenacity. Gets the ball out wide to Salah. He could have easily set in his position, you know, worried more about their counter-attack. He wasn't doing that. He bombs in behind. No one picks him up. It's a lovely pass by Salah. How many times have we seen him do that? Outside of the left foot into the path of the mm. runner. And like you say, I mean, it's as nice a finish you're ever going to get. Uh, I don't think he's taken over uh, Salah uh, a right wing by any means, but uh, he's, yeah, great finish and a great moment for him. Deserved. Yeah, not many people would have had a Robbo any time on their racket today, would they, mate? <laughs> no, not at all. I, I certainly didn't. I wasn't uh, expecting, especially with all the attacking like, changes Klopp made. Uh, but it's a great goal. I mean, as you said, that goal kick, I did, at the time, I thought, what on earth is he doing if I'm a Wolves fan? Mm. I'm absolutely fuming at that because it was the worst kick I've ever seen. Like, just he almost it assumed it. It just when went he said, All right, guess said, Jose Sarhaus are mistaken him, didn't he? Mm, he's a very good come here. He looks like he's always like hyper and maybe too hyper for his own sake there. But uh, I don't know. I, Robertson was, I thought he was fine in the first half, not even though you can argue the mistake for the goal, even though you've said three. Three plays around Neto should stop him. Um, yeah. I think he was okay enough for the second half. Natural left back role. I thought he was great, apart from the corners. Goodness me, the corners. Um, so uh, it was really good from Scholtz to appearance the captain's arm, and it's great. And it, it's nice, it's really nice to sell as well because that seems to be a consistent thing now. The create, I know he's always been so good at creating, but it's assist after assist after assist, isn't it? It's brilliant. It's really exciting to see that for me. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and then just to finish off the game, six minutes later. I, look, I'm good at this, but God, it's not really good. And it is it is right because it is going miles wide. Like fair enough. But I've always said that whoever hits the ball should just get the goal because at the end of the day, they've shot. Like, you know what I mean? It's not going in, but they've taken the shot. So Harvey Elliott shoots, it hits um the Kind of Bueno and it ends up in the back of the net. And Harvey Elliott ends up in the traveling cop, which was really nice to see because look, I'm gonna take this one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love Harvey Elliott. I don't know if anyone's been watching me long enough or following me long enough, but since the kid came in, that's like this guy has so much natural talent, it is untrue, right? He is naturally gifted, like technically wise, he's absolutely phenomenal. Is he a centre mid? I still don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be his best position. Is he better off in a 10? Is he better off on the wing? I don't know. But what I do know is that he's an exceptional football player. And every time, and Mike, you did a tweet about this as well. Every time he's come on this season, he's been brilliant. Every single time. Like, there's not one time where he's come on the pitch. You know, sometimes a young lad coming on to, to a game that's in the balance, you know, young players can, can sort of shy away and think, oh, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to be the one to be, you know, responsible for letting the team down. But he's always come on with fight and determination. And, you know, when, when okay, he doesn't score the goal, but when that goal goes in, you see exactly what it means to him when he's in that away end. So talk to me about Harvey Elliott, Mike. Talk to me about these cameos this season. And yeah, just talk to me about him in general and what you see the future for him, mate. I listen. I I think you know me, me you. Uh, I'm pretty sure Elliot uh, as well, uh, and, he, and Evan, who he may not be a part of TAT, but I, you know we all know who I mean he's when I say Evan. Welcome. Listen, he's always welcome. That's for sure. We've all been in Elliot's corner. I think you know you you talk, tell a good story about when you spoke to his dad. Mm. Uh, I think it's a, it's a really good representation of, of the reality of it, which is the, a lot of fans love him. And I feel like, unfortunately, the negativity will always cut through the noise more than it should. And I think, unfortunately, that's been the forefront for him. He's not, he might not have felt the love that he deserves, you know, because social media is a terrible place. But yeah. he is genuinely phenomenal talent, natural talent. Um, and I think he's only going to get continue to get better whatever position he ends up in. I think 
right, you know, this Sabaslai role when we have McAllister, Sabaslai, and you know, our fully fit team pushing up on the right hand side. That's where Elliot's best role is. And off the bench, he has came on games where we need to see it out, and he has helped see it out perfectly. We've came on in games where we need to find a winner, and he's helped. He's helped find that. He's helped set the tone every time. Whatever tone needs to be set, he helps set it. So, uh listen, the the. You know, there's no ceiling for him. There's absolutely no ceiling for him. And I think he's going to have a big season this year. And I think same goes for uh, Curtis Jones as well. And, you know, my same sentiments go to him. Uh, I think he's another player that is consistently proving himself to be better than a lot of people try and make him out to be. Um, I know for a fact there's some, not naming names, some people would have been seething to see Jones celebrating with Elliot in the crowd. And that made it a little sweeter for me. I'm not going to lie. Because that's... That's a, yeah, exactly. Like exactly, because he deserves that kind of love just as much as Elliot does. They are both talented players that can change change uh, Liverpool's future going forward in the right way. And uh, yeah, great moment for him. Uh, I just wish that goal counted for him too. Yeah, Elliot, what do you what do you think, mate, on um, Harvey? I think it's I think a, a player of his age and position probably he's so much ahead of other players in that position and age category because he's got so much experience. Mm. I mean, I was just thinking off the top of my head, remember the, the United Seven nil? He was he bossed it. He was great, so he's got the experience of playing the massive games. But now I feel like that Newcastle game for me was a bit of a change. It was like a coming of age. He was the difference. He made everyone calm. He saw the game out, even though not seeing the game out, but you know, getting the win, but like seeing the game out as in not conceding any more goals. He was massive for that today he's done the same thing but he's changed he's changed the game again and he's probably just given himself a much better chance of getting in the starting lineup i'd be disappointed to see him not start on thursday he deserves mm. to start in these games to show how much he can really do he's quality we've we know that just the thing is what's his best position but why not be you know left of position we saw him in the central midfield role we saw him in attack midfield role we saw him off the wing he's got pace to be off the wing I think this is just a really quality option and I'd like to see him pushing for a start at some points in the season because he's got it and we've seen it already this season. He can be the difference. So why why shouldn't everyone be pushing for him? Liverpool fans, same with Jones, as you said, mate. Them two are on the crowd. That should be a picture for years to come and hopefully in about five, six, seven years when, when they are, you know, bordering on that legend status because they are good enough. They definitely are good enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I, I made this sort of comparison a long time ago and I know... Harvey's been around a lot longer than the player that I compared him to, but it was like Bakari Saka at Arsenal. You know, they were in the Europa League and he was fresh. He was coming onto the scene. He was playing and that's how he made his name. And I'm not saying Harvey's going to go on and and, and be that level yet. I mean, he he could be. I I believe he, like Mike says, he's not got a ceiling. But we've seen it so many times how the Europa League um, can be a huge um, platform for these young players to go on and establish themselves. So, Look, I, I just wanted to play. For who for? At what expense? I don't know. But the reality is we've got a brilliant squad. He can play anywhere, like sort of centre mid, number 10 if we need one on the right. Yeah. There's, a, there's a place for him in the squad and there's so many people that will either want him gone permanently or loaned out. And I'm glad that we decided to keep him around because, you know, he only makes the squad better. He only gives us more, you know, losing him. We it's mad. Who would we bring on in these situations? Okay, now we've got Gravenberch. Um, but like I said, he's come on, and every time he's come on, he's done very, very well. Um, so hopefully, like like we said, he starts on Thursday. He has a really good game again, and um, we're on here waxing lyrical about him once more. Um, 
But yeah, any let's talk about Mo Salah. It would be rude not to. Two assists today. Um, I'm trying to get a tweet up of something I retweeted earlier. Just bear me one <laughs> moment because this absolutely blew my mind. Um, I did retweet it. Here we uh, Why you find it? Why you find it, Elliot? I'm going to put this to you right now. All right. Last season, okay, <laughs> and you can you get you can call me on this, right? Last season, Salah got. In total, so across all 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 uh, competitions, he got 16 assists. Right, he got 12 in the prem. He's already got four in the prem this season. I'm going to tell you right now. I think this season he's going to end the season as the top assister in the league. Believe I, it. I wouldn't be surprised because it. I don't even. I wouldn't even say his roles necessarily changed too much. It's almost like he's changed and like evolved his own Developed. game. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's really fun because them passes the pass stuff for the winner against Newcastle is like so that's like the Bruyne Trent level of like assist wave. I mean we know we've got he's got it, but compared to like the goal scoring, it's always been his thing. But now I mean that says it all, says it all about Ben's there you go. to assists on that list. It's actually just insane. And you look at the size of the games as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Goals against Spurs, two assists against Wolves, Newcastle assist, which was, of course, uh, a crucial goal. Assist against Chelsea, Villa, Leicester, three against Leicester. Unbelievable, isn't it, Ben? It's absolutely ridiculous what he's doing right now. I and mean, he's always been criticised for not maybe having another element into his game. He's been a great goal scorer, but a lot of people have criticised him for not, you know, linking up the attack and not providing more than just goals, which is mad because no one says anything about Erlen Haaland. You know, when he's not scoring goals, he doesn't do anything. Like, there's no assist, no link-up, there's nothing. But Mo Salah is proving that he can do absolutely everything and on a consistent basis. And you see there, Mo Salah has been directly involved in 11 goal contributions. Um, sorry, 11 goal, in, goal contributions in 11 consecutive Premier League games. And when you think, you know, and going back to some of those games last season, that's when we was in a really bit of um, a bad run and, you know, we had to get it right and we had to stop performing. So who did start performing? Mo Salah. Um, and it's an absolute joke how, you know, you see on these Ballon d'Or lists and all of those like World Elevens, whatever, you see some of the, the players that are on there ahead of him and it's absolute joke. It's an absolute joke. I'm not saying he deserves to, to win these awards, he should know. be in the list, though. He's one of the exactly. He should at least be an option when you look at some of the guys that are on there ahead of him. And there's another, there's another one that I wanted to show as well. Is this one here? Uh, Mohamed Salah has now been directly involved in 200 goals, 139 goals, and 61 assists in 223 games for Liverpool in the Premier League, with only Thierry Henry reaching the milestone in a few appearances for a single club in the competition. I mean, Mike. The only player doing it better is Thierry Henry. It's not bad company to be in, is it, mate? No, I mean, listen, Thierry Henry is probably top five Premier League players of all time. And I, I will stand in that <laughs> argument. Uh, no, I, I stand in that. And I think when you look at him, that's that's not a fair, that's not an unfair argument. Um, mm. I think Salah is going to end his career at Liverpool as one of the Premier League great. I mean, he already is a Premier League great, but I, I mean, undoubtedly, again, your top 10 argument. Um, what, what he's done at this club is, it's different. He, he's won everything with us, you know, and he's been probably the most crucial player every single time in winning these trophies. And in, in these special moments, he's always there. The only special moment he's not been involved in as a Liverpool player was the Barcelona comeback. It's just because he was injured. <laughs> like, you know, um, like he's just, yeah, incredible, incredible player. Uh, yeah, I just, I hope this isn't his last season. I really, I really hope that just somewhere 
an extension happens just for giggles. Surely Liverpool gets into Champions League, he wants one more crack at that. Surely he wants a crack at that because he's too good. You've seen clips of that Saudi league, it's an embarrassment. And every player going (laughs) there should be ashamed of themselves because that is an embarrassment. He is too good for that league. He will score 100 goals in the one season. I I say this, Elliot. Sorry, I don't mean cut across you there. But uh, listen, in terms of Salah's one thing, I've I think Klopp's going to sign a contract extension. I've got, I've got a feeling. I've got a I feeling with him. I had that feeling last time after me because he was too, he was too attached. But I, 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 it depends. He's, he was waxing lyrical about the team once in the press conference. It was really, really nice yeah. to fall in love with this new team. It depends how much he wants it because he's always been one of them where he's been very persistent on not doing an Arsene Wenger, not doing yeah. a. Really who's fallen ill today hasn't he so hopefully he's okay but you know what I mean yeah. when he's going on forever and ever and ever he's been very persistent on that and whether he wants to crack at the German team I think is also but I, I don't think he would want that because you've got to think he wants to to the players so I, I don't know I, I'm, I'm 50-50 on whether I, I feel like there's an England he's a culture manager Elliot yeah. he's a culture manager you can't do that at international level and I think I I've think just got this feeling the way he said year one you know he's talking about this club he's like, this is year one it makes me excited. Years for him to miss out, for him to go so soon. But like, it depends what happens in the next couple of seasons. If Liverpool achieve what they have achieved, maybe it'll be the best time to leave and leave it to someone who you know, Alonso or you know, Nagelsmann got mentioned the other day. You know, who's young, you know, eager to to you know go and win more trophies that Klopp's already won. But it depends if Klopp's like nearly there and he wants to do it again. I, I don't know. I, I mean, it would be key for Salah. I think I'd, I'd be really. Yeah. I think. I'd just be so disappointed if Salah leaves next season for that league. I'd be, I'd be gutted. I'd really will be gutted because I think even I'd rather just if he were to leave, I'd rather see him in top five league because he's it's he's too good to be in that division. I think there's too many players in that division. He's got too many years left in his legs for me. He's about thirty-eight in my opinion. He's too like his fitness levels are ridiculous. He's already proved that he doesn't get injured a lot. Uh, there's too many qualities there for him to leave this this team, which he could be, you know, he's already a great, he's already a legend. He could be so much more, you know, in this in the Premier League as well. I can't see him. Yeah. I just surely want to crack the Champions League. Mate, you're, yeah. you're on your knees the same way I am, mate. But we'll <laughs> see. We'll see what happens. This season's <laughs> crucial to it for both of them. Going, for both of, for both of them. Going back to Salah, uh, Vaz of Flowers says... I that's, that's crazy. I just don't want. I just don't believe Salah wants to drop off to a lower level just yet. Yeah, the money is good, but he must want more medals here. I reckon he does, mate. Listen, I, I remember saying before that I do think that he's probably going to go next season. Hopefully not, but hopefully there's a change and he doesn't. But I'm not sure. I think these guys aren't going away. The money for him is probably going to be at an all-time high personally next season. But what I will say about Mo Salah is I think he's absolutely obsessed with, you know, winning records, winning mm-hmm. trophies, you know, cementing a legacy in the game. And I know that's a bit of a cliche, but I genuinely see it for him. You know, Mo Salah, and I know we don't really... Um, do we've not really done statues in recent time? There obviously is some of um, legends at the club, but I genuinely believe he would be a statue level player if we if he goes on and stays here and wins a couple more things. You know, he doesn't really need to do anything anything else. He's already done everything. Once he's got two golden boots, PFA Player of the Year twice. You know, he, what he's done. What I'm trying to say is, if he left, went just now, like you know, it was rumored. I think everybody would still have the same feeling on him than, you know, if he won everything else again. 
But I just think he wants to cement himself as the all-time undisputed Liverpool great. And that will still be a debate because obviously you still got people saying Kenny Dalglish, you still got people saying Steven Gerrard, but he's going to be in that company or thereabouts. And I think for Mo Salah, I've, I genuinely see it in my heart of hearts that that for him is more important than, you know, a few million more quid a year. Because let's be honest, Mike, he's already on 350 grand a week. Like, it's not like he's on £10 an hour down at Tesco, is he? Like, come on, man. That's one thing. Like, one thing I will people say. Like, oh, he can secure his family. Uh, think how much he's getting, then a gold bonus on top of that. Then right. how much Adidas are probably paying him? That probably takes him up to about seven hundred grand anyway. He's 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 probably one of the highest highest earners in football. Like in 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 everything. You know, top five buy. leagues. He's probably in terms of the top five leagues. He's probably one of the highest earners. I think we'll see what happens with the Salah saga. Uh, just off the, off the team today, though. I'm so excited for the future. I think Gravenberg, when he came on, there was a moment when Diaz was through on goal, right? Oh, and Gravenberg yeah. was, you, we all, as a fan base, we all were just praying <laughs> he was going to square the ball. And he shot, and then it, it didn't go over the line. I was like, oh, he's right there. That would have been the perfect debut. Yeah, this, he so came on. Yeah. Bro, he minded his business. He came on for five minutes, just minded his business. Yeah, yeah. No, it was mad. It was fun. It's what we want to see. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. My stepdad was trying to make the argument. He's like, no, nah, he's playing as a part of a three. He's in the field. <laughs> he wasn't, he was on the way. <laughs> Standing on the box. <laughs> uh, listen, boys, oh. I'm going to ask you as we close. This is mad to ask five games in. I think you know what's coming. <laughs> Elliot, are we going to be in the title race? I wish you would ask me this. 10 games and because I reckon I could give you a bit more of a solid answer but maybe I'm being a bit of an, um, a certain word which we won't say on the stream but I still think <laughs> I still think City if you're going to go stride for stride for City you've got to have like you know the team set in stone I think I'd say next season with confidence depending on this season we could be stride for stride I think Liverpool at the moment, they need to solidify the system, they need to solidify the best 11. But that is also a good thing that they haven't got a best 11, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Then Thursday to Sunday, we've got to see how that impacts as well because it, it always has an impact, whether it be good or bad in terms of youngsters playing or, you know, players who playing on a Thursday and to Sunday shouldn't, shouldn't be playing both what they are. We've got to see that impact. However, I said to see before the stream, Ben, I think the likes of Liverpool... And even Tottenham with no York. I mean, Arsenal as well. I don't think anyone else at the moment. I mean, Brighton or West Ham probably. But I think they can have a little bit of hope just looking at the City squad and how small it is. There's, I think there's four goalkeepers missing their Premier League squad. They couldn't fill the bench up today and they had two goalkeepers on the bench. They get one massive injury. They just have a little, tiny little run of bad form, which they did have last season where every Arsenal fan was thinking, oh my goodness me, they're going to win the league. If they have that again, I think there's going to be teams circling around them and waiting for them. However, we know City probably don't have that little slack of form too long enough. But I think there's there's a hope, but I still think Liverpool can clinch second easily. I think they can clinch second easily right now. But give me give me five more games and I'll give you the proper answer. <laughs> Mike. I'm I'm similar. Like I I feel like I've been I feel negative. Like when I go on spaces after like a win. Like it, it happened in the preview for this game. I I, I shouted you out in that space as Ben because I said Ben's got to get tired of me not being positive because I try and be positive. I try. We're not winning the league. We're not. It's fine. I just it, and it's okay. We we're up against the city side, which are city. I think we'll struggle with the balance of Europa League. It, you, it's a very difficult thing to balance. Don't get me wrong. Arsenal did it last year, uh, or did they? Didn't even. Yeah, they had it last year, didn't they? They did have it, but they didn't yeah. do well. 
Exactly. So yeah, but they balanced it with a title race. It's important to balance, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I think the the balance of it is going to be interesting. I think in five game five games time, ten games time, if we get to start of November, and we are still top two, top three within within three points of City, then yeah, I I believe well, we're in mate, the race. The Europa League, we've almost got two elevens now, so those guys aren't going to be. It's not like you're going to be playing Thursday and Sunday. Like some of them will, like. You know, you, it's, you, yeah. you could probably see like the fence with that, isn't it? Where the, there's injury problems, and if they creep into a Thursday Sunday problem where they can't handle it, then I think yeah. that'll be too. And even without injury issues, I think the defense is still the issue. So I, I think, think the rotation issue too. Yeah, that, that's because there's not enough numbers, probably, you could argue, especially with, like, Simi Cash just being there, not really being a left-sided centre-half. Yeah. That, that's what I think that's the top of the priorities. Source out the system. What do they want to do with mm-hmm. it? I said that at the start of pre-season. I can't believe I'm still saying it now, but it's nice to have the options, but is it a good enough option, realistically? Yeah, I think, you know, my, the, the, what, what I think as well is that Klopp's, he's been proving a lot of people wrong, you know, recently, to be fair. And I think the one gripe I've always had with Klopp is when we need to rest players sometimes, like in a Champions League game where we're already through in the group, yeah. and he'll play the player and the player will then pick up an injury. That's against I'm not names, but it's happened too many times. And I just, I worry, even with Europa League, that we are going to see moments where it's like, okay, McAllister's in the starting 11. Salah is for some reason in the starting 11. I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see the majority of our spine near that Europa League squad. Never mind. Like, I don't even want them on the bench. You know what I mean? Just give give them the rest. But I, I don't know. I, this is my worry. If if we start the Europa League campaign and I see that lineup and it's like Kelleher in goal, you know, the youngster at right back or Gomez if it has to be, and then you're just a bunch of youth in rotation. Great. I don't mind that. But if I start seeing players like Sabasly starting, Salah starting, you know, Canate starting, I'll get, I'll get annoyed. You know what I mean? And that'll be the downfall. That'll be the issue. Yeah, I agree with what you're both saying. Um, do I think we're going to win the league? Probably not. I just thought I'd, I'd throw that in there. Um, four wins and a draw in the first five. It's nice for the excitement, though. It's yeah, nice exactly. And also, Elliot, as well, like, I made this point before. There's still gears to go, mate. There's still levels and levels to go. City, and I'm not saying they're going to drop off, but... They've seen they seem to have started the season as they ended last season, and they're probably going to keep going on like that for some time. But how much better are they going to get realistically? This Liverpool team, we can still go two, three, four gears. You know, yeah, it's been a brilliant start. There's still so many games where you're looking at certain things, like today in the first half, Newcastle first half, even Bournemouth at home. You know, it, there's so many things where we're we're sitting in this really good position. Yeah, there's still so many different things we could improve on, and that's huge for me because I we keep I don't want to keep comparing it to last season. But if you do compare it to last season, you know we're probably on seven or eight points maximum at this stage, um, and now we're on you know uh, what are we on? So three, six, nine, twelve, thirteen points out of fifteen. So it's massive for me, and I'm not saying that we're going to win it. What I am saying is. I think we'll be up there and I genuinely think we'll be competitive this season. And, you know, when you go back to the start of the season, everybody was like, all these pundits saying they'll get fourth or some even say we'll get fifth. And all I was saying to people was, let's be competitive again. And I know that shouldn't be the objective. Liverpool's objective, especially with Jürgen Klopp every year, should be to try and win the thing, try and get as close to it as possible. But just from what we've seen, the whole rebuild, this whole Liverpool 2.0, this first year stuff that Klopp's been saying, 
if it takes a year, like you say, Elliot, to, to get there or thereabouts and you go for it properly the season after, then so be it. You know, things take time. Things don't come um, straight away. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited to see where this team goes, to see where some of these new players go that we've signed. Obviously, still got the likes of Stefan Bacetic to come in. Ben Doak's probably going to get some games coming yeah, up soon. So um, it is really exciting, this little fan. There's only one channel. There's probably a few more. But for the sake of this podcast, there's only one channel that you need to watch to discuss every single game, previews, match reactions. In fact, coming up next week, we're probably going to be doing like four streams because of the games we've got coming up. So it's mad. So make sure you subscribe, guys. That's all we've got time for today. We are going to wrap up there. Turn your notifications on. Like the stream if you haven't already. And we'll see you guys for the last Glins preview. Um, which should be exciting. So, yeah, take care and goodbye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.